some different, going to share some different things than I've ever done because uh, I believe it'll help help you. Uh, obviously, this coronavirus is on most people's minds. Have you seen that on the news? By the way, <laughs> now if you if now if you remember. It wasn't that long ago I asked you all if you'd heard that on the news and remember? And basically almost nobody in here had ever heard of it. And just within just a very short time, it's all you hear. Now, I believe in following the CDC guidelines, you know. I believe in, in, in using, you know, good sound sense. Uh, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And part of that sound mind is following good science. There's, you see, good science will back up the Word of God. You understand that? Not that the Word of God needs to be backed up, but, but they don't run contrary to one another. And we need to, we need to follow good uh, uh, health guidelines, you know. And they say we shouldn't be shaking hands. Well, let's let's. What are they? What are we doing now? The elbow bump is that it? It's fine. Not a problem with that. You know, shouldn't be hugging people. I, I don't have a problem with that. Let, let's let's follow the good guidelines. You know, it's like I believe in good hospitals, good doctors, good medicines. You know, uh, let's follow those things. And, you know, the social distancing. I I understand that. Not against that. Uh, the Bible says. That we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So, you know, we have to decide are we going to believe God or believe uh, man? The Bible says we ought to believe God. Now, I could even see for a time where, you know, you, you might not uh, gather. I, I mean, you understand we need to have a sound mind. We, we need, and there's nothing wrong with following good, good ment, uh, uh, medical guidelines. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that, you know. Uh, you understand that? Y'all okay with that? You know, and if you knew, if you knew somebody had, had to, like if there was a bad run of the stomach flu over at the hospital, you know, it would be good to avoid that place for a few days till it passed through. I mean, that's just smart. You know, and I, th I think when we say, well, bless God, I'm just going to go in there and believe God. Well, we need to, we, certainly we believe God, but we also have to, you know, have a sound mind and follow good science. Are you all okay? You haven't shut me off, have you? You, you okay? All right. But, on the, but right along on the same lines, I believe in following CDC guidelines, but I believe far more strongly in the Word of God. I said I believe far more strongly in the Word of God. And, uh, and so we don't go running from the devil. We resist the devil and he flees. Did you get what I just said? Sickness is from the devil, so we, we do not run from the devil. We, we submit ourselves to God. We resist sickness, disease. We resist the devil, and he flees. So I believe in following CDC guidelines, you know, but, but, but I believe far more strongly in the Word of God. Now, I want you to turn to a passage of Scripture here that at first, you're going to say, why in the world is he reading this on a day like this? But I think you'll see as we go, it'll help you. Ephesians 4.11 says, he himself, he's talking about God, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And you say, well, why in the world would you read that? Why are you talking about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers? Why, why would you read that? For the equipping of the saints, work of the ministry, edifying of the body of Christ. Well, I read this because, and I seldom talk, talk like I'm going to talk now. Seldom ever do, hardly ever. Certainly never have said some of these things to you. But now I mainly flow in the office of the teacher. I'm a Bible teacher. And uh, on that list, how many is on that list? Apostles, 
Prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. There's five on that list, right? I normally flow in the office of the, of the teacher and, and the pastor, of course, certainly. Certainly a pastor. Teacher, pastor. I would not call myself a prophet. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself a prophet. But occasionally God allows me to... And by the way, you need to be careful of people that are calling themselves prophets. And you need to be just as careful of people that are always accolading other people as prophets and prophets and prophets. You just got to watch those folks. People talking about how they're prophets. Be careful of those people. I've learned this. You don't need to call yourself what you are. You be what you are and other people will call you what you are. Did you get what I just said? But sometimes you do need to point a few things out to folk just to help them. So I mainly flow in the office of the teacher and the, and the pastor. I wouldn't call myself a prophet by any means. But occasionally God allows me to operate in that office. You say, well, what is prophecy? Well, there's really two types of it when you look into the New Testament. The New Testament prophet is uh, a bit different than the Old Testament prophet. But there are prophets in the New Testament. As I'm going to give you an example of one here in a moment. But there's two types of prophecy in the New Testament. And, uh, and, and, and one type, any believer that's baptized with the Holy Spirit can flow in. It, it, it's what... what some call the simple gift of prophecy. It brings edification, exhortation, and comfort. And a prophet certainly will do, do that. But then there's, there's the, the sort of thing that the, that, that, that the prophet, a New Testament prophet, will flow in that, that the normal believer who's not a prophet will not, typic, will not typically flow in. And it's declaring an event before it happens. Declaring an event before it happens. Now, let me just say this to you. You don't need a prophet to hear from God for you, okay? That was in the Old Testament. You can hear from God for yourself, and God will show you things to come just like he'll show me things to come through the Holy Spirit. Is that right? Certainly it is. But I'm just telling you there is an office. There is a ministry gift of the prophet. And while that prophet will bring edification, exhortation, and comfort, sometimes... They'll declare an event before it happens. And when they do that, it's not to draw attention to themselves, or it shouldn't be, but, it sh- but it's, see, when God moves, when God flows, it's always to bless people. It's always to bless people. That's why you've got to be real careful of, of, of so-called prophets that are always telling you about their prophecies. Now, I've been doing this 25 years, and when we first started the church back 25 plus years ago, I did not flow in the, in the office of the prophet ever. But I would say about, well, we started in 94, so I would say about 2004 is where I began to flow at times in this office. And I don't ever and have never until today ever brought up to you any prophecies that the Spirit of God's given me. I give them out in a service and then just leave them, leave them there. I don't, I don't do what I'm going to do today, but I'm doing it because I think it needs to be done to help you. Declaring an event before it happens. The end to which to help people. See, to get them ready for something. To get them ready, see. That's why the Spirit of God would have a prophet share something before it happens to warn people. To get them ready for something. Did you hear what I just said? To warn folk. Warn them ahead of time. Get them ready for something. 
Okay? Did you hear that? It's not, to, it's not to, hey, look what I prophesied and, oh boy, it came to pass. See, that's a wrong motive. And you find God really doesn't work with those folk that do that very long. But when a prophet prophesies and it's a prediction of the future, it is to help people, to forewarn them, to get them ready for something, see. Now, let me give you a, a few verses of Scripture. If you go to Acts, the 11th chapter, and the 27th verse. Now, this is in the New Testament. We know the Old Testament's full of prophets, but here in the New Testament, I just wanted to show you, we read in Ephesians that there are New Testament prophets, but here's an example of one, Acts eleven twenty-seven, And in these days, notice prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. The Old Testament they called, were called seers. See ahead, see the future. You know, you've heard of Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Isaiah and, you know, many of them over there. That I could list a bunch of them. But here we have a New Testament one. Notice in those days prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch, verse 28, and one of them named Agabus. So here we have a name of a New Testament prophet. Stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world. Which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. And he gave that prophecy to get people ready for it. To get people ready for it. Now in Acts the 21st chapter we see this man again in the 10th verse. When the Apostle Paul was making his way, I believe it was, to Jerusalem. And the Spirit of God had been saying to him that bonds and afflictions were awaiting him when he got there. Much we could say about, about that. But, but notice here in Acts 21 verse 10, as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. There again, declaring the future. Now it's interesting here, and you need to understand this about the ministry of a prophet, Whenever there's a, a personal prophecy that comes out, this was a personal prophecy here from for the Holy Spirit through Agabus. Remember the prophecies, they come from the Holy Spirit, you understand, authentic ones. And uh, notice here that Agabus did not tell Paul what to do. See, a prophet won't, won't direct your life. You're led and directed by the Holy Spirit, you understand that? But, the, but if, there's a, a, if a prophet's operating by the Holy Spirit, in, in this instance with a personal prophecy, it would just be to confirm something the Spirit of God has already been dealing with your heart about. Or to per, perhaps forewarn you of something. And that's what happened here. He forewarned, forewarned Paul what was going to happen to him. And of course Paul already knew that in his spirit. And the spirit of God had been saying that to him all along. But here God had this prophet confirm it you see. You don't want prophets or anybody else prophesying to you. Telling you what you need to do and directing you. You understand that. That's dangerous. But, a, but an authentic man of God, woman of God that flows as a, 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 in the prophet's office. Sometimes will say something to you. Perhaps could happen. That confirms something. You understand that. So there are New Testament prophets. And as I said, the ministry gift of the prophet is not to draw attention to the prophet, but rather to inform, to warn, and encourage people to get them ready for upcoming events. Now, did you hear that? I want to be sure that gets through to you. The ministry gift of the prophet is not to draw attention to the prophet, 
but rather to inform, to warn and encourage people and get them ready for upcoming events. You also need to know this. A prophet only knows what God reveals to them. A prophet does not know, any, know everything. A prophet is not all-knowing. They don't know everything. They just know what God reveals. You need to understand that. God doesn't reveal everything to everyone. You understand that. You need to realize that. A lot of times people think, oh, that guy, he's a prophet. He knows everything about me. No, he only knows what the Spirit of God might show him. Oh, he knows something about me. Oh, well, let me tell you something. Somebody that's a real prophet of God won't embarrass you either. If he knows something about you that might be embarrassing, he'd talk to you in private about it, not in front of a congregation. You understand that? And uh, in the Old Testament, just hold on with me here because we're getting to this coronavirus thing, but just I'm just giving you a little groundwork. In the Old Testament, prophets were either northern kingdom are southern kingdom prophets. They were either in the northern kingdom from Israel or southern kingdom of Judah. And they would typically prophesy to one of those kingdoms or the other. Sometimes they'd prophesy to both. Sometimes the prophet would prophesy to even to the Gentile nations. As in the Old Testament. So you'd have a prophet that wouldn't just wouldn't prophesy generally to every everybody but just a certain Certain groups, you see. Now, when God allows me to flow in the prophet's anointing, it typically has to do with the United States. Now, in 2007, some of you were here in 2007. And uh, at that time, I remember I was sitting on a chair right up there and a spirit of, the spirit of prophecy came on me and I began to prophesy and I don't do it that often. Be careful. Let me tell you something else about a prophet. He's not always prophesying. You need to be careful and watchful about these people who call themselves prophets and every time they stand up, they, they're prophesying. You, did you hear what I just said? I, I want to get that through to you. Be careful about these people that stand up and call themselves prophets and they're always prophesying all the time. A prophet doesn't prophesy all the time. This is the spirit leads and directs. But I sat right there on that stage and the Holy Ghost came on me. We give all the glory to him. He directs it, of course, to Jesus. You understand that. All the glory be to God. But I, stood, I sat right there in 2007 and prophesied about the great recession that came in 2008. I haven't had people come to me afterwards and said, after that recession hit, and they said, Pastor, when you gave that prophecy, we thought you'd missed it. We thought, you know, we thought we were going to have to go out and burn you at the stake. You know, you missed it. But it happened just like the Holy Ghost said. As 2019 came to a close, as just this last year, as 2019 came to a close, I guess it was about mid, probably, probably, I'd say early December of 2019, the Spirit of God directed me. Now, look how supernatural this is. The Spirit of God directed me to start 2020, this year out, teaching on covenant. Stressing healing and finances. And for the last two and a half months, that's exactly what we've done. Think about how supernatural that is. I was going to go off some other direction, teach on some other things, and the Spirit of God led me 
I didn't hear a voice or anything like that, just on the inside. Teach on covenant. Stress, healing, and finances. And have we not done that over the last two and a half months? We obeyed the Spirit of God. And you can see why now, can't you? It was to get you ready, right? For what is happening in this nation right now. With that coronavirus and the tumultuous economy. Last week they said it was the, that one day was the worst drop in the Dow in 30 years or something like that, since 1987, I believe. And then it bounced back up and then, but you know, that's not a healthy stock market, is it? Up, uh, think about it, down 20, 2,200 points one day, up 1,000 the next, down, yeah, that's, that's something that's sick. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but I won't get into those. And I know bar- markets do typically bounce back, and I understand all that. There's going to come a time, though, in this nation, I don't know if this is it, but there's going to come a time where they're not going to come back. At least not like you'd, you'd, you'd like. I don't know if this is it. I'd say it probably isn't, but something yet on out. And then after we finished up, we went, well, we never really, I, I tried to close the series on covenant and couldn't do it. Then we did Psalm 91. That's all about covenant. And we did that a couple weeks ago and went through all that with you. Before, before, before this, 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 this before really before the events of even the last week and then last week we taught on fear and I'd say this last that was last Sunday remember we taught on fear fear not for I have redeemed you I have called you by my name we went through all that with you and I'd say this last week other than 9-11 was probably the most fearful week I've seen in this nation in the 56 years I've been alive You see the supernatural leading of the Holy Spirit to get you ready. And of course, you know, we went through Psalm 91. I just felt impressed to look at just, just about four verses here. They'll throw them up on the screen. It says, you'll not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the air that flies by day, Psalm 91.5. Nor the pestilence that walks in darkness. See, we talked to you about that Two weeks ago. And you see now they're saying. And I, you know. We mentioned it back at that time. This coronavirus can be spread. By people that don't even have any symptoms. That's something walking in darkness isn't it. And can be spread to somebody who it could. You know. If they're elderly. Have underlying conditions. Could kill them see. It's walking in darkness so to speak. But the Bible says we don't have to be afraid of that. Nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Then verse 7 says, A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. And then, of course, if you remember several weeks back, well, several weeks back, I don't know if it's when we taught on the 91st Psalm, but remember, I had all of us face east towards China, where that's come out of. And we rebuked the coronavirus, didn't we? Remember that? And then we said to it, we commanded it, said even if it did slip through, and it has, that it would die within 10 feet of us. You remember that? Then in verse 10, no evil shall befall you. Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. I'm holding on to that. How about you? I thought it'd be good to just mention those. See, we already did that a couple weeks ago, getting you ready. Here at Summit Church, now listen to this. Here at Summit Church, many times we have been warned about events. The Holy Spirit has warned us about events before they happen. Not all the time. 
He doesn't show me everything. We haven't been warned about everything, but some things we have. Here at Summit Church, many times we've been warned about events before they happen. The Holy Spirit has showed us things to come. Now, I've never done what I'm, what I'm about to do, as I don't like to draw attention to myself, as, I, as I've said. But I, I have never handed out to you a prophecy that the Spirit of God gave me, nor listened to one that I've given, which we're going to do here in just a moment. But I do so because I think it will be helpful to you. Because we get in these services and I'm teaching and preaching and the Spirit of God gets to moving and we're giving things out here and there, you know. And it's, it's hard to remember everything that's said. So we're doing this to bless you for your convenience, to help you. Now before we listen to this, I want to say this. Just last Sunday, now just last Sunday, think about the events of this last week. Just last Sunday, before the events of this past week, God had me teaching on, on fear. And he gave me a prophecy about the United States. And Pastor Diane graciously, she felt led of the Spirit of God to transcribe it for you from the, from the audio. And we have a copy of it for you. It'll be back there on the table if you're interested. Now remember, you never put a prophecy any man or woman gives on the same level with the Word of God. You understand that. And any prophecy that's given by a man or a woman, whoever, if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, if it contradicts the Word of God, then you throw that man's or woman's prophecy out. You understand. And it's up to you to judge Prophecy. It's up to you to judge what, not just prophecy, but it's up to you to judge what a preacher puts across his pulpit. It's up to you ought to judge everything. Not in a judgmental way, but you know what I'm talking about. You ought to examine it in, in light of the Word of God. You understand that? But she, uh, uh, and if I miss it, just throw it out. But anyway... She put this together, it's from last week, and uh, you can get it on the table, it might be helpful for you to get it and read it. And it, it talked about things coming in this nation, now and in the future, how the nation would be looking to top professionals in different areas as we move on out to no avail. What God was going to do as it pertains to judgment in the financial industry, the health insurance industry, the pharmaceutical industry. And the Spirit of God told us why He was going to do the things He's going to do. You could read it if you so desire. I'm not going to read through it all. It's a, it's a little lengthy. And then He also said that He didn't need a politician to deal with the financial industry. He didn't need a politician to deal with the health insurance industry. He didn't need a politician to deal with the pharmaceutical industry that he was going to do it himself. By the way, the health insurance industry is a disaster. And so is the pharmaceutical industry. And they're, they're stealing money from people. And I'm not saying God, I'm not telling you when he's going to do it, but I'm telling you he's going to deal with these, with these people. And, 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 and how he's going to take them by, the, by the, the feet, by the ankles, and turn them upside down and shake them. If they don't repent. Now notice, if they don't repent. See, God takes no pleasure at judging folk. And any judgment that God sends, it's with the, it's with the intent to get people to repent. How many of you know God's a good God? And he wants people to repent. And when he sends judgment, he wants people to repent. And when they repent, the judgment stops. It's that simple. But it's in here. You can read about it. You can judge whether or not 
I heard from the Spirit of God. You think I did? Fine. If you don't, go find your shredder. But don't shred this. You know what this is. That's the B-I-B-L-E. And then there were some exhortations to stand on God's covenant, not fear man or beast, only fear God. So anyway, it'll be back there if you're interested. And I've never played a prophecy that God has given me to the congregation. Now, I've given other prophecies over the years, and not a lot of them, but here and there as the Spirit directs. But on January the 26th, Now think about this, I want you to get this. On January the 26th of this year, now what is today? Today is March 15th. Now you know what's transpired with this coronavirus over the last weeks. But on January the 26th, the only thing that we knew, or the only thing I knew... I hadn't paid any attention to it. I didn't know what name it was. I did, all I had heard is just in the peripheral news that some people were sick in China, and I didn't give it any more thought than that. That's all I knew. I had no clue what was going to transpire since then. So this was on January the 26th. It's about seven minutes long. I've never done this before. Don't pay attention to me. Just listen to what the Spirit of God's saying. You can judge whether or not it's right or how accurate it is. But it's about seven minutes long. And I want you to pay attention, but really pay attention about halfway through. Say it, the Spirit of the Lord. Know your covenant. Know your covenant. Learn of your covenant. And so you have. And so you are. Continue to study it. And continue to stand on it. Learn of me and learn of my ways, says the Spirit of God. Learn how I conduct myself and how I interact with the human race. For I interact through covenant. And so take to heart the things that you've learned about me and my covenant and the things that you will learn. For you've come up on a day, as I have been telling you again and again, where you'll need to stand on my covenant. And I said to you some weeks ago to learn to put pressure on my covenant. For I'm well able to bear that pressure. Yes, some of you have carried your own burdens and carried your own care. But learn of my covenant. Learn to cast your care on me. And in the light of that covenant, I'll carry your care for you. Learn of my blessings, for I desire to bless you on every side. For I bore the curse for you, so that you can be blessed. So learn of my blessings, and walk in my ways, and so shall the blessing be. Kastarato paragandandalasta tesketeteskita. Yes, put pressure on my covenant begin to stand on my covenant in the lesser things in your life just as my servant my prophet David learn of my covenant and he stood on my covenant for you see many think that he killed the lion and the bear under his own power But he didn't kill the lion or the bear under his own power. He stood on the covenant. And he killed the lion and he killed the bear. And he learned to flow in my covenant on the lesser issues that confronted him. 
But you see, the day came when the giant presented himself. And my servant, my prophet, the sweet psalmist was ready to stand against the giant. And he took the giant down the same way he took the lion and the bear down. For you see, he called the giant what he was, an uncircumcised Philistine, one that had no covenant with me. And he was defying the armies of the living God, which no one will do and get away with it. And David showed up and he knew his covenant. He'd exercised it in the lesser affairs of his life. And now he was able to use my covenant, my power to bring down the giant. So I say to you, use that as an example. Begin to stand on my covenant in the lesser affairs of your life. For I assure you that a giant shall appear on the scene. But you'll be ready and be ready. And stand on the covenant and use my name, the name of Jesus. And surely a giant will fall. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see that. And in the process of time, a giant will rise in the land. And even is in the process of rising up at this time. And I'm calling on my church, on my body, to stand, rise up together in agreement. One can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. I'm calling on my body, on my church, the church of the living God, to come together in agreement and stand together in agreement on the covenant that you've been learning about these past weeks, to stand together in agreement. For a giant shall arise and even is arising in this land of the United States of America that it will take my body, the body of Christ, the church of the living God, to stand together walking in love, walking in agreement, but standing boldly on my covenant and to declare and speak to that uncircumcised Philistine that will arise and say, uh, in the name of Jesus, cease and desist. If my body does what it's supposed to do, the giant will fall. Now, I don't know what that giant is. I don't know, but I, 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 there's one arising even as we speak. Hmm. I don't think it's in the political arena. I think it's something else. And you see now why God has me teaching on this. I see, I see that now. One of, the, one of the leading ministers in the land, one of the leading prophets in the land, I won't call his name, but I heard him some days ago that God's reassigned him to teach on covenant. And I see now why. I see now why, how, why God has me teaching on it. <clears throat> yeah, we need it for our personal lives, but we're going to need it. Whew. Yeah, I heard the Spirit of God, we're going to need it to save this nation. Thank you, Lord. Raise your hands up to him and just worship him. Just, I, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I know, I know it's gone a little bit long, but you, you know, this Holy Ghost running this, not me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, he'll show us things to come. So get into those notes that I've given you, and we'll give you more as we go along. So now we know what that giant is. And I heard this morning Dr. Fauci say, in a worst case scenario, millions 
of people could die in the United States, worst case scenario, said that they're doing everything they know to do to tamp that curve down. He thinks thousands and thousands could die. I heard the Spirit of God say that the church needs to stand up against that which we've already done. Listen to this. Now you can judge for yourself whether or not that was the Lord speaking to us, but I believe it was. Getting us ready. And we know now what the giant is. Listen to this. Without the supernatural leading of God as a minister, you have to minister to people after the fact. Now, this is powerful, what I'm about to tell you. Without the supernatural leading of God, you have to minister to people after the fact, which is fine, and I do that a lot because you don't know things that are going to happen, and you minister to people after the fact, after something happens. But it's much more effective to minister to people before the fact. which is what, what the Spirit of God has had me do for you. You should see how much God loves you. He loves you enough and cares for you enough. Get your eyes off me. Get your eyes on Him. You know what I'm saying? I don't mean that ugly, but I'm just saying. I'm not rebuking you. I'm just saying. He loves you so much. This little church right here, He loves you so much. that he led me and gave me some things for you ahead of time. And we ministered to you before all this stuff happened. Isn't that more powerful? See, when you minister to people before the fact, you're able to get them ready. By the leading of the Holy Spirit, you see, he's, listen to this, he's already given you what you need for the giant of coronavirus. See, I don't need to start up today and start teaching now for weeks. I've already given you everything you need. And if you heeded what we've been saying over the last two and a half months, you've already been spiritually, spiritually vaccinated before this thing ever came. And like I said, I don't have to go back and reteach all of what I've given you. You should have all the notes, the scriptures, and the messages. And if you don't, they're all free on our website, the, the messages, summitchurch.us. I felt impressed to tell you this story. When I was in Calculus 3, the whole class came in and took a test. And the next day, the teacher handed back the test, and everybody, including myself, failed the test. He handed back the test. We saw that we'd failed and he said, go home today and rework these problems on the test that you've all failed. He said to us, he said, use the textbook, use your notes, and I'll be in my office if you need to come by and see me, but be sure that you know how to do all these problems before you come back tomorrow. The next day, we came, the students all came back into the class, and he said, you all fail this test, I'm going to erase all of the F's in my grade book, and I'm going to give you the test again, and he gave us the exact same test as a do-over, and the whole class failed again, including myself. What does that mean? We didn't do our homework as we should. Why did I share that right now? I say that, it's a blunt thing, but I say that to you. I've given you, the Holy Spirit through me has given you everything you need to walk through these next weeks and months free of this thing. You've got the Bible, your textbook. You've got the notes that we've given you on covenant. You have everything you need. So just be sure that you heed what the Bible says, that you heed the notes I've given you. And let's be sure we don't fail this test. Amen. Amen? Amen? I didn't share that about the Calculus 3 to be ugly. I'm just saying, 
Let's don't make the mistake I made all those years ago. Let's be sure we're paying attention to our Bibles, paying attention to the notes we've given, the sermons we've preached, the prophecies God has given us, and let's use them and stand on them. And we can go through the furnace and come out not even smelling the smoke. Can you say amen? Amen. Now the Holy Spirit, as I begin to close here, the Holy Spirit called upon the church in that prophecy to do something about the giant. Both for individual protection and for the sake of the nation. Did you hear him say that through me, the sake of the nation? See, it didn't mean maybe as much back then when I gave it, but you see how powerful it is now. For the sake of the United States. And it's interesting, the Spirit of God called the coronavirus a giant and called our attention to David and how he killed the giant. You heard what the Spirit of God was saying. And I I just listened to these ten things about how David killed the giant. First of all, you don't ignore the giant. Secondly, you don't react to the giant based on fear but faith. You don't magnify the giant. This thing's been magnified, hasn't it? This corona thing. Know your enemy and know your covenant, number four. We've been teaching on covenant for weeks. Use your faith on the smaller problems before the giant shows up, like David killed the lion and the bear before the giant got there. And you can't kill the giant based on someone else's revelation of the word of God. You've got to get a revelation for yourself. Remember Saul tried to put his armor on David. David said, I haven't tested these. and He used a slingshot and the stones, didn't he? And the name of the Lord. See, David used the name of the Lord. We need to use the name of Jesus on the giant. And it's interesting. The giant came out telling David what he was going to do to David. But then David turned around and told the giant what he was going to do to the giant. The news and everybody else have been telling us what the coronavirus could do to us. Let's turn around and tell the coronavirus what Jesus has already done to it. He's defeated it. And we've done that. We did that some weeks ago. See, we're ahead of the curve, aren't we? Here at Summit Church. It's interesting. David, he not only used the name of the Lord, but he also used the slingshot and stones, the natural and the supernatural, coming together, as one good minister said. Make an explosive force for God. We need to follow the CDC guidelines and all that, but more importantly, we need to follow the Word of God. And then, of course... David put action to his faith and and went out with the sling and the stones. And then once he knocked the giant down by the power of God, then he completed the kill with the word of God. Stay in the word of God. Now let me say this and then we'll close and we'll have a word of prayer, time of prayer, and we'll be dismissed. Listen to this. I do not, I do not believe that God has sent this giant of corona. You know, I always apologize for going too long. But I need to stop doing that. Amen. Besides, you don't have anywhere to go. Now there's nothing to go do anyway, so you might as well just sit here and listen to me. As all my teenagers in here set up and said, Hallelujah, praise God. Preach, preach all through the afternoon, Pastor Terry. Listen to this. Now listen carefully. Listen carefully now. Now listen carefully. I do not believe God has sent this giant of coronavirus to the United States. I don't believe he sent I don't believe he sent the giant. But I believe he can use it as an occasion to draw people to himself. You okay? Does that feel good to your spirit? Now listen to this. In 56 years, I'm 56 years old. I know I look like I'm 35, but I'm 56. I have never seen this nation shut down like this. Listen carefully. You see people gathered by the mass multitudes to major sporting events on Sundays, never thinking about God. Probably most of them. Now all the sports have been shut down indefinitely. Think about that. 
Did you know God can shut things down? If he wants to, I'm not, I'm not saying he's directly behind it, but I'm saying if God wants to shut something down, he could shut something down. And though I do not believe that he has sent this, no, I don't. But I believe that he could use it as, a, as an occasion. I believe it's to give people the opportunity to repent. Sinners and Christians alike. Now, this is a rough statement, but it's the truth. I've got to say it. I have observed over the past 35 years, so many Christians love their sports teams far more than they love Jesus. That's sad, isn't it? Now, I'm not against sports teams, but we ought to love Jesus more than the sports teams. We ought, we ought, to, yeah, we ought, to, yeah, we ought to love coming to church more than we love going to the baseball game. Hello, hello, hello everybody out there in television land, on Facebook. You ought to love going to church more than going to see your favorite baseball team. Or And now you can't go see them anyway, so we're here for you. We love you. We love you. We do, we really do. We're here for you. This is not a time for the church to beat people up. It's a time for the church to love folks. Can you say amen? amen? A news commentator said this last week when they shut the NBA down. He said the coronavirus just got real for a lot of people. Now, why? Now, now what do you mean God takes occasion? When these things shut down, I'm trusting it will get people's attention. Now, I'm trusting they'll be directed to our great God and Savior, Jesus. Now, having said that, I have to be consistent. The Spirit of God has been saying to me for several years, and I've related to you many times, that His judgment is pending on this nation. Haven't I said that? And people don't like it a lot of times when I say that and get mad at me. Dear friends, we're at a time now where, 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 the, where the cotton candy messages aren't going to cut it. Come on now. We're at a time now where, where in this nation where this, these self-help messages from pulpits and, you know, self-esteem messages and every Sunday it's cotton candy and every Sunday it's, it's, it's breakthrough and every Sunday how... And you know what I'm... How many knows what I'm talking about? This nation... It's not going to help people. People need the doctrines of the Word of God. I said the doctrines of the Word of God. And that's what we've been here. We've been giving people that for 25 years. But I've said to you that the judgment of God's pending on this nation. And I'm not saying that this coronavirus is the judgment of God. Say amen. I'm not saying that. But remember the three areas. And this is a good time to bring this up. God has been kicked out of the public square and the public school. This would be a good time to welcome him back in. We're killing babies by the millions and have been since the early 70s. This would be a good time to overturn Roe versus Wade, wouldn't it? And it'd be a good time to ban same-sex marriages and get back in line with the Bible. Can you say amen? I don't mean beat, pe beat people up, but just love people and say these things are sinful. We need to get back away from those and get back in the Word of God as a nation. Amen? Now, our president proclaimed today to be a day of prayer for America. Now, I appreciate that. And Dr. Ben Carson said yesterday, y'all know who he is. I think he's ahead of uh, HUD, isn't he? And I heard him yesterday, and he made a great statement. I'm paraphrasing, but he said this. He said, we've gotten away from faith and prayer in this nation, and we need to get back to those, those principles. And we do. And it's interesting. Listen to this. Now, now, I'm not saying God sent this giant. No, 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 no. But I do believe he can use it as an occasion. But listen to this. God sent the plagues on Egypt, didn't he? It wasn't, he didn't just use those plagues as an occasion. And I'm not saying he sent a coronavirus. Don't misunderstand me. But he, we know he did send those plagues in the Old Testament. And the last plague was the death of the firstborn. Remember that? 
But guess what? God directed Moses beforehand how to prepare for it so that the people of God would be spared. And, all, any, and any heathen could have come over and they could have got in and got God under the blood also. You understand that? And that is what the Holy Spirit has had me do over the past two and a half months. I've said it before, I want to say it again so you don't miss it. He loves you so much that He has used me to get you ready for this before this thing ever even came. Isn't that wonderful? I'd want to go to a church like this. Where God gets you ready for stuff before it happens. So we need to close by praying for the United States. In that prophecy, the Lord said, rebuke the giant. Now, we've already done that. We did that a few weeks ago. And I believe my rebuking is still working. How about you? But we need to pray for those in authority in the political arena, the medical arena, the financial arena for wisdom. We just need to. I know what the Spirit of God said that, that, that we come up on a time where they'll look at one another and they'll be dumbfounded, but we need to still believe God that they'll have wisdom. We need to pull down spiritual blindness of the eyes of this nation at this time so the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened to see the good news of the gospel of Jesus. Third, we need to pray that at this time the pulpits of America, including the mega media ministers, would again be filled with the preaching of the word of God to get the, the, the simple gospel message out to people, calling sinners to repentance and faith in Jesus. As much of the preaching has degenerated into feel-good messages and hyper-prosperity messages. And I believe in prosperity, but you can go too far with that. And finally, that God would grant repentance and be welcomed back into the public school, public square, overturning of Roe versus Wade, and the same-sex marriages be overturned. See, there's more to it than just rebuking the giant. We need to... these these See... These things are symptoms. We need to go and deal with the root. Before we pray, listen to this. I do think, I need to stay over here. I do think the virus will pass. Listen to what I'm saying now and then I'm done. Then we're going to pray and be dismissed. I do think this virus will pass. That's what I, what I think. I'm not prophesying, I'm just telling you what I think. I think it will pass. The time, and time will tell what damage will be done. But repentance must be maintained in the United States. Listen carefully now. Because this is a prophecy. I think the virus will pass. And time will tell what the damage will, will be. But this is, what I'm, this is what I will prophesy. Repentance must be, first repentance must be experienced here in the United States. We must have repentance in a turning to God. And that, mu that repentance must be maintained in the United States or more of these types of things will follow over time. Not just sicknesses but other things as well. And each wave will be more severe than the previous. Now, I am prophesying this, thus saith the Lord. I'm going to say it again. If this nation does not turn to God, and I'm not saying he sent the coronavirus, I'm not saying that. But if this nation does not repent and maintain that repentance, more, thus saith the Spirit of God, more of these types of things will follow over time. Not just in the sickness arena, but other calamities. And each wave will be more severe than the previous. Over time. The end to which God wants is godly sorrow producing repentance to salvation. Not worldly sorrow which produces death. And my concern after 9-11 happened... 
was that this nation would not repent and would go right back to its ways. And that's exactly what happened. And my concern here is that once this blows over, that the nation will go right back to its old ways. And if they do, I'm saying that at that point, at some time, you'll see more waves of these things come through, each one being more severe than the previous. Not saying God's a meanie, I'm just saying that, that the end to which he wants us to repent, wants us to have a godly sorrow producing repentance to salvation, not a worldly sorrow which produces death. And he wants a nation whose God is the Lord, whose God is Jesus, and even in God's judgment, you see his goodness because that's his motive is not to be a meanie, but his motive is to get our attention, to get us to turn to him so that he can bless us. Can you say amen? amen. Stand with me if you would. Was it worthwhile coming today? Yes. I'm glad I came. I trust this encouraged you. And when I talk there at the end about, you know, things being more severe as time goes out, if there's not repentance, there again, we as the people of God can stand on the covenant of God. And when judgment's falling all around, like judgment fell in Egypt, the people of God were over in Goshen, and they were protected, weren't they? So we can be protected in the midst of calamity. Can you say amen? All right. Let's pray. Father... We come before you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray for all those who are in authority. In the political arena. In the medical arena. In the financial arena. And we ask for your wisdom. Upon these people. In authority that you would grant them wisdom and revelation as how to deal with situations that are upon the land and that are coming upon the land. We believe you that you'll grant wisdom. We pull down spiritual blindness upon the eyes of this nation the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. That at this time, they would see the need for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that masses of people would turn to Him. We pray for the pulpits of America including the mega ministers and any that do not teach the uncompromised word of God that they would be filled with the preaching of the word of God and they'd stand in their pulpits and they'd say, thus saith the Lord God and preach the word of God with boldness. And they'd preach the doctrines of the Bible, not the feel-good stuff week in and week out and week in and week out, but they would stand there and preach the doctrines of the word of God which is what will help people. That they would call sinners to repentance and faith in Jesus. And oh God, I ask that you would grant this nation repentance. I ask that you would grant this nation repentance. I ask that you'd grant this nation repentance. I ask that you'd grant this nation repentance. Forgive us of our sins. Now I intercede and forgive us of our sins. Forgive us for kicking you out of the public square. Forgive us for kicking you, Almighty God, and your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the precious Holy Spirit. Forgive us for kicking you out of the public square and forgive us for kicking you out of the public school. Forgive us 
forgive us for kicking the word of God out. And I pray that, and I say, you're well, I pray that you'd be welcome back in. And I, you're always welcome here, sir, but I, I welcome you. I welcome you. I welcome you. And I trust that you'll be welcome back in to the public square and public school. I trust the day will come where Roe versus Wade will be overturned and babies will stop being murdered in their mother's wombs in this nation. And that same-sex marriages would be overturned for that's in violation of your holy word that marriage as you ordained it's between a man and a woman as husband and wife. I pray... This wasn't on my list, but it came up in my spirit. Father, I pray right now for Christians in this nation who do know the word of God, but they've become cold and and they're loose and they're lackadaisical. And, And for those that love their sporting events more than they love you, I'm not saying they don't love you, but they love these other things more. I pray for them and I trust that if there is revival to be had in this... Oh my gosh. Oh my. If there is revival to be had in this nation. Yes, oh my gosh, I see that. If there is revival to be had in this nation, that those Christians, they know you, they're born again all right, but they've gone... Boy, I don't want to use that word, but that's the word you've given me. They've gone a-whoring. I don't know, that's what he said. They've gone a-whoring, good King James. They've gone a-whoring after all these other things. And God in his house sits as the last thing on the list. But I pray for them now, God, that you would use this as an opportunity, that they'd be stirred in their spirit, and that which they've learned from you and of you would come to the forefront. They'd be stirred up. And as they get themselves stirred up, that they'd become powerhouses for you. And they'd get their priorities straightened. And that they'd begin to proclaim that the things that they've learned, some of them in, in, in Sunday school or children's church. And, and they'd, they'd see what's going on and they'd, 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 they'd stir themselves up and they'd reprioritize their lives. And they'd put you first again, you at the top of the list. Nothing keeps them from you and your house and, and your service. And in that, in that vigor and in that stirring that there would come out of that great revival to this nation. And that's my prayer. In Jesus' name, we pray. And all of God's people that agreed with that said, Amen. Amen. Now as we dismiss, don't be shaking hands. Just do the elbow bump. Love one another. And we'll see you. Uh, Diane has a women's meeting Wednesday. And I'll be back here. Listen, I'm going to be here on Sunday mornings teaching the Word of God. You, you, you be led, okay? I hope to see you next time. You're dismissed.